Welcome. You're listening to WO Voices, a podcast series from Women in Optometry magazine. I'm Marjolaine Bailefeld, editor of Women in Optometry. We're delighted you could join us. We're here with Dr. Sally Halim, owner of Village Eye Care in Woolwich Township, New Jersey. Dr. Halim joins us today in the middle of training for some triathlons and a half Ironman. And I thought that that was an interesting idea to look at the kind of mental focus, physical focus that you develop in training. Um, so I guess what what about your athleticism contributes to your role as a practitioner? I think the biggest thing is definitely time management, um, which I think is something that all of us as practice owners and as women in general um, have to just kind of juggle and figure out, a, you know, a way to kind of get everything in one day. Um, so the way that my training works, I typically get my week's worth of workouts and just kind of look at it and figure out what days I can do what, if I need to kind of adjust things or move things around. I have to kind of work around my work schedule, obviously. Um and with my family and everything. So it really has made me hone in on time management. (laughs) That's been the biggest lesson in all of this. And of course, you know, the mental focus, like you mentioned, that that is a huge part of it too. But I think the biggest thing I personally got out of it is time management. And this is not new for you. You've been competing for years. I have. uh, I, I started just even in high school, yeah, I was really into running and swimming, um, and thankfully I learned how to bike as, as a youngster, so, you know, it parlayed into cycling as an adult. Um, yeah, I was always very active, and probably, I would say, maybe 15 years ago or so, I started doing some running, maybe just 5Ks, 10Ks, that sort of thing. Um, I signed up for a half marathon, and this was just kind of off the cuff, no real training. And I just really didn't know what I was doing, but it was something fun. And I kept kind of going with the running and I did end up getting injured repeatedly. So that really did kind of just continue. You know, I would start running, get injured, start running, get injured. And it was just a cycle. And I didn't know anything about nutrition or stretching or any of the science behind it. I just really enjoyed running. Um, and then once I had my children, I said, okay, I'm getting a little bit older now. <laughs> I've had two kids. I need to really figure out if I want to continue to do this, how to do it without getting hurt. So that's when I looked into getting a coach and that has completely changed everything. And that's, that's interesting too, because I think we can talk about the benefits of coaching. You know, again, there's a parallel there, uh, between athletics and practice management. Are there similar parallels? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I actually today, eight years ago today, I opened my practice. So that's been, uh, you know, kind of a nice milestone for us to celebrate. But along the way, I had really great mentors, one of which was actually Kim Friedman, who I know you had on here uh, several weeks back. I, I worked with Kim and her husband for five years, um, which was a huge, huge just pool of learning for me. I I really, you know, absorbed so much from her. Um, And when I was an employee at their practice, Kim actually became the first female president of the NJSOP. So that was a huge inspiration for me. 
um, and just learning how her and her husband kind of manage the office and dealing with staffing and insurance. And, you know, I just was like a sponge and really learned so much from them. Um, And I worked for another really successful private practitioner. Uh, In addition to working for Kim, I worked in both offices, part-time in each practice, um, and just learned so much from both of them. And they really, really helped me. Even till now, I call on them for practice management. Um, You know, even if I have a case that I just want to bounce an idea off of another OD. Uh, So that's been very similar to having a coach like I do with my, my training. So you don't get hurt, right? <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> different, different kind of pain, but, but pain nonetheless. Right. Yeah. But pain, exactly. Now, did you continue training through pregnancies, through having young kids around? I didn't really amp up my training, believe it or not, until after I had children, <laughs> which is, is something actually fairly common in triathlon. Um, most of the winners of triathlons, especially on the women's side, are women between 40 and 45. So it's typically, you know, a a woman who has had, you know, one or two children and wants to kind of get back into shape and comes back fierce (laughs) and and really kind of delves into this sport. Um, My first triathlon I actually did, I believe it was a year after I had my son. Or no, I'm sorry, two years. Two years. He was two. Um, and I, I did a local race. It was all women. So any, any women out there who are interested in trying a triathlon, I would highly suggest doing an all women's race. It was just so inspiring and everyone is so uplifting. And of course there were people who were really, you know, kind of pushing and and wanted to be first, but most of the women out there were, were just cheering each other on and just so positive and, it was just a wonderful, wonderful experience. Um, so I, you know, did one more that season. Um, and then I just kind of really started getting into learning what I needed to do as far as training and nutrition and the time it took. And even with that, I still really didn't know too much, (laughs) but I knew it was something that I wanted to continue to do. Um, So I kind of just did my own sort of training for maybe a year or two after that. And then I got pregnant with my daughter and I took that year off of triathlon. I still exercised, but I didn't do any triathlons. I was a little nervous to get on a bike when I was pregnant. I just didn't think that was for me. That just wasn't very safe. Uh, and, And running became very difficult for me when I was pregnant. So I stuck to very low impact things like yoga and I would spin. I did a lot of spinning. Um, Everyone kind of laughed at me. I had this big belly and I was on the spin bike up until the day I delivered. But but it really helped. It really helped get the weight off. Um, It just gave me that mental clarity while I was pregnant. And then once I had my daughter, I, I kind of, you know, six months later, I got back into it. And I believe nine months after I had her, I did that same triathlon that I first started with just to kind of get back into it. Wow. So how many of these do you compete in a year, roughly? So typically, uh, my season will start around May or June, and I'll try to get one per month in until around September, October. And um, that sounds incredible. I know you say it's it's hard (laughs) hard to run and ride a bicycle when you're pregnant. And at the intensity that you're doing these things, I think most of us would say, that's hard any day, you know, but... 
they do get e- they do get easier. I will say they're never easy, but easier. And again, I think you could <clears throat> probably give the same counsel to ODs who are starting out in practice. Of course, absolutely. I I remember you know day one. I think I had four patients my first day and the day flew by between, you know, the snafus that we had with the computer system and, you know, just staff training and just getting everything into the computer. And, you know, we were so green to everything. Um, We didn't know what we didn't know. And now, you know, eight years later, I'm I'm very fortunate. I have a wonderful staff and I feel like we're a fairly well-oiled machine and, you know, we have a good system in place of getting patients back, you know, on time and getting them worked up. And I have a, a wonderful, wonderful support crew that really does make the day, you know, run very smoothly. So, yes, it's it's a big, big um, kind of evolution from where we started. Right. And, you know, not to beat the, the training metaphor to, to pieces here, but but there's there's a process in all of this, and I, I suspect that that you've you've kind of developed a similar process in building a practice. Yes, um, getting the coach really was life changing for me. She has really, really just shown me a way to train where I can stay healthy and you know train a decent amount. I mean, I probably get about ten to twelve hours a week in. Uh, if it's a big race, sometimes. A little bit more than that, but I, I've been able to really hone in on how to, you know, get my training done without burning out, without getting injured, without, you know, wanting to just give it up. <laughs> um, you know, the the workouts are different each day. Uh, sometimes we work on speed. Sometimes we work on endurance. Uh, you know, sometimes we work on strength training. Uh, I'm never really doing the same thing twice, so you know, that helps quite a bit. Um, but it's just so much organization. And it was a lot more than I ever could do on my own. Uh, my coach is so knowledgeable with so many things. And, you know, nutrition was a big, big one for me. I, I really just had no idea how to fuel my body if I'm out there racing for, you know, three to five hours. Mm-hmm. I just, that was something that was totally foreign for me. And and so do you do you think that you approach um, staff training sort of organizational things in the in the practice in a certain way because you do all this physical training too? I'm very methodical with my staff training. Um, we have tons and tons of resources for new hires on you know how to run this program, how to run the, you know, how to file a claim with this plan, how to schedule a patient, how to call an insurance company to verify benefits. I mean, we have manuals and handouts for every step of the way. Um, My office manager is really, really good with that. And she's been with me almost since the beginning. She's really organized and really, really good as far as breaking things down for new hires. She works with all of our new hires hand in hand when they first come on and we try as much as we can to kind of get them into every area of the office so a little bit of reception training a little bit of tech training a little bit of um, insurance verification a little bit of answering phones and it depends you know we do have a, a couple of employees who work in the optical you know, we do a little bit of optical training, but not too much unless they're getting hired to work in the optical. But 
my office manager is really, really thorough. And that has helped tremendously with new hires. And I think you just have to be that way, you know, to run a successful practice. Everything needs to be uniform. If it's not this consistent, then, you know, if one staffer can open up a chart and not really know the story of what's going on with a patient. And for me, that just is very disjointed as an office. So I'm really big on, you know, staffers just jotting down little notes in the chart. So if a patient calls back and gets a different staffer, well, then they know, oh, this patient was calling because they wanted to order the second set of trials that I gave them. You know, it just makes it much easier when everybody is as thorough as possible and following a very regimented plan. You said something that I thought was interesting, and I wonder if this applies. You mentioned that your coach uh, delivers to you these different kinds of plans so that, you know, you, you, you focus for a while on, on something and then you, you focus on speed or endurance or, or, you know, whatever it is that you're, you're focusing on. Is, is that a, uh, a strategy for a practice too? I mean, do you try to get variety into things or, or is it more repetition of the same? I think it can be a little bit of both. Um, you know, I think, for instance, in, you know, maybe the summer when it's a little bit slower, we were really, this summer in particular, we were really trying to hone in on optical sales um, just to kind of see if maybe if we paid a little bit more attention to that area, we would see an increase in the numbers. Um, but the uniformity still applies. You still have to kind of keep everything, you know, in order and do everything in a very consistent way so everyone's on the same page. But I think you can kind of have ebbs and flows in the practice. And, you know, maybe in the, you know, summer months, like I said, we kind of tried to hone in on on optical sales and maybe increasing sunglass sales, which is something that we probably trail off of a little bit come fall or winter. Um but I, I think you have to be a little bit malleable when it comes to a practice. I think you have to be consistent, but you have to be able to kind of shift with the tides too. You know, you can't be so rigid that it's just not going to work. Just like when I'm training, you know, if, if I look at my schedule and say, well, I normally swim on Mondays, but I have a meeting after work today, so I can't do it. You know, you kind of have to be a little bit flexible just to kind of make sure you get everything done correctly. Right. So, Dr. Halim, have you ever hit that proverbial wall in, in either your training, in your practice? You, you know, do you get to that point where you say, I, that's it, I can't take another step, literally? Yes, yes, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> um, I did a, a half Ironman in June this summer. And my husband will tell you when I crossed that finish line, I could not take another step. Um, I, you I crossed was, the finish line. <laughs> I did. I did cross the finish line. The weather was not ideal at all. And that made it really difficult. Um, but I was determined to finish and it went much better than I expected, especially considering the conditions. But I definitely hit a wall. Um, and same thing with, with work. Uh, you know, you get these, you know, periods where, especially as a practice owner, um, I... I have a wonderful staff and I love to show them that I appreciate them. So some of them have more vacation time than I do. <laughs> um, so when they're on their third week of vacation for the year and I have yet to take a vacation that year, you know, I do feel the burnout. I feel like, oh, you know, and you need that time away to kind of come back to the office with fresh eyes. And, you know, a lot of times I'll look on social media and see if other practices are 
doing, you know, certain promotions or something for back to school, just something to kind of bring back to the office to revitalize it. CEs are a really good way to do that too. Um, you know, kind of bringing in new, new things into the office and, you know, learning about new equipment or, you know, maybe trying to do a little bit more dry eye than I have been doing just because I learned about it in a CE last week, you know, things like that. I think you do hit those walls and it's important to kind of find outlets for yourself to make the practice better, make yourself a better OD. Um, and just in general, you know, I think it's, it's important to do that. <laughs> What's been the most uh, impactful or interesting change that you've made in your office in the last uh, year, year and a half or so? I, I think my confidence has really increased as a practitioner, as a, as an employer. You know, I, I feel like when I first started out, I, I was a little bit timid. Um, I didn't really have a lot of leadership experience before I opened my office. So I definitely, you know, had some stumbling blocks in terms of just knowing how to handle certain situations with sometimes patients that were difficult or staffers that weren't getting along or, you know, um, just making sure that everyone knew there was an employer and an employee. You know, I'm, I'm a petite woman and, you know, I think for a lot of people, they, they kind of look at me and I'm not necessarily an imposing figure. So, you know, I think, especially when you're in the exam room, if you exude confidence to a patient, it really goes a long way. And I think when my staff was noticing that patients were coming out feeling confident at the checkup that they were receiving, it parlayed into them knowing that they had an employer that was confident. And, you know, it kind of built on itself. So I'm definitely a much different employer now than when I was you know, eight years ago when we opened the office. Oh, that's really, that's really neat. It's a, it's a question that I ask some of the, you know, some of the, the sort of uh, the iconic uh, leaders in, in optometry. I say, do you think leaders are born or made? Hmm. I actually don't necessarily consider myself a natural leader, uh -huh. even though I, I own an office and everything. Um, I think it's something that I work at. Um, I think it's something that I'm getting better at and, I think a lot of people would say that I'm fairly good at it, but I'm a perfectionist, so I always feel like there's room for improvement. But um, I don't know if it's in me innately to be a leader, per se. And, and I don't think that means that you can't have your own business. You know, I think, uh, you know, my office is thriving. We're doing very well, even though I don't necessarily consider myself a, a born leader. But I think it is something that you can kind of grow into and you just have to challenge yourself. I think that's the really, you know, a, a key way to keep yourself very engaged in your career. You know, you can't just be stagnant. And I found myself being stagnant when I was an employee. I didn't have the fervor for optometry that I have now as, as somebody who owns an office. Interesting. Well, I, I think it's so, so fascinating that you said challenge yourself because it sounds like that's something you do, you know, you, you do it, obviously you do it physically, you, you do it mentally, you do it in, in terms of, of improving your practice. Um, so I, I love the way that that all comes together. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think for me, that's very important. You know, I, I feel like I do a better job when I'm actually a little bit scared of a project. <laughs> That's right. You, you begin to identify what you don't know. And, and I think 
you know, building on that knowledge always makes you better prepared. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. It, it, it has been a huge, huge, you know, learning experience for me and one that I'm so glad I did. You know, I, I don't know when I first got out of school that I would have necessarily opened my own practice, but it has been the best career choice for me by far. That's wonderful. Uh, Dr. Halim, thank you so much for your time. I really enjoyed speaking with you. This was wonderful. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for listening. I hope you join us again next time on WL Voices. If you'd like to be part of our podcast series, please contact us. You can email us at wovoicesonline at gmail.com or via our website, womeninoptometry.com, on Facebook at Magazine or through Twitter or Instagram at WomenODs. See you next time.